<laughs> Sad. <laughs> Here lies dearly departed Zed. He ate some paint chips full of lead. When JT found out, he cried and he shouted, Oh my god, I can't believe that my best friend Zed is dead. The hell are you so torn up for? I thought you two idiots hated each other. Well, he, he did have an abnormal amount of nose hairs. But he was my best friend. I even got him a new nose hair trimmer for Christmas. Well, shit, if you're that torn up about it, I know how to bring him back. You you do? Sure. I just need two bolts, a buttload of electricity, and five copies of Jurassic Park on DVD. Jurassic? You know what? It doesn't matter. Uh... If you, if you can bring it back, then do it. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Zed? <laughs> Zed, buddy! You said you're back! <laughs> what are you trying to say, buddy? It's okay. Zed, it's okay. <laughs> Row? Row? Row what? Zed, come on. Roland Emmerich's 1998 American masterpiece, Godzilla, starring Matthew Broderick. How's it going, you cool cats and kittens? I'm Lobo the Cutter, and this is the Masters of Matinee Theater of Terror. God, I still hate that stupid name. Almost makes me want to kill Zed again. Uh, silence your cell phones, assholes. So I like going on walks a lot at night. And it's a place for me to sort of clear my mind. There's nobody outside. Very few cars, especially at like 3 o'clock in the morning. And I went out, like I did most nights, and, and took a walk. I live right next to a golf course. It's the one street over, and because I'm a, a frail old man who has bad back and bad knees, I can really only stand to walk the block. Now, on the street, the street lamps either come on late or go off early. But usually when I'm on my walks, they're not on. But this time, they were. And it was kind of a weird, weird coincidence, but <laughs> here's what happened. So I get to the golf course and I'm walking along just as normal, but something doesn't feel normal because I feel like I'm being watched and that presence is hard to ignore. And it's a feeling that I've never had before. I've lived in this neighborhood my entire life. I have walked past this golf course in every weather condition, every season, every time of day and night and i've been relatively fine there are nights of course when it's really dark 
and you're kind of worried that somebody has come out of a bush like Michael Myers and they're just tailing you slowly. But I felt really like I, I felt like I was being stalked, which is like a primal feeling that I was not used to. And I, I tried to ignore it at first, you know, maybe maybe it's a skunk or a possum at, at the biggest predator in my neighborhood, a fox. Maybe I just I don't know. But then I start hearing something. I start hearing what sounds like the crunching of leaves under a heavy foot. Not like when your small dog steps on a leaf and it crinkles. No, I'm talking about it's crushing up the leaves under its feet. That's what I'm hearing right to my right. It's right next to me. Now, luckily, uh, I don't walk on the side of the street that's closest to the fence that, you know, outlines the perimeter. But I was too close for comfort with what, what, what I was hearing and feeling. So I keep on hearing this noise, but again, I'm trying to pass it off to a smaller vermin like uh, a raccoon, a possum, a fox, skunk, whatever. And they're curious animals, right? I mean, uh, so I, and I'm thinking, well, if it's if it's a raccoon, it's fat. That's probably what I'm hearing. I'm I'm legitimately trying to my best to get through this walk because I start feeling it early on this street, like right as I turn on to it, I started feeling this feeling that something was pursuing me, something was hunting me, and I'm walking down the street. And again, it's it, 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 by the grace of whatever is out there, the street lamps are on and I would stop under every street lamp and whatever I was hearing would stop. And I would try my best to use the light to see if any movement, any glistening of the top of a head, like the hair, if I could uh, make out anything, nothing. And I keep on walking and it wasn't immediate. It was after five or six steps. I would start hearing the crunching of leaves under something heavy. And there's about four street lamps before I finally stop at the very last one. I am going to turn on to a new street and this is my last ditch effort to see what it is. The entire time, I just feel like something's going to jump out of the shadows at me. That I'm going to hear either a growl or I, I, the, 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 the fear I was having was... Uh, like I, I said before, primal, which is not something that some kid in the suburbs should really feel. I don't live in the suburbs, but I couldn't think of another word. So I stand at this last street lamp. And uh, mind you, it's it's about it's, it's 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 the fall time as there are leaves on the ground. So the the trees above are starting to get naked. And I'm stopping at the street lamp and I look out 
and I don't see anything, but I, but I see this tree. And this is a tree that, again, I've grown up with, but it looked a little bit different. And I couldn't figure out why it looked a little bit different, but it just did. And then as quickly as I make that, that mental note of, oh, that tree looks weird, I saw the weird part of it reach its arms up, grab onto the lowest branch, and then pull itself up. And I just stood there. Right now, my legs are full of goosebumps, as it as they were then. I just stood there because I didn't hear the leaves. I didn't hear the, like the tree shake. The leaves did not, you know, clatter together. There was there was no movement, or the, the there was no movement of the tree, but there's also no sound. But the object, the the thing that I saw enter the tree was if I had to guesstimate up to my titty so probably uh, about 5 foot 9, 5 foot 10 and its arms were so long but yet the tree didn't move and I was like oh I'm definitely just like I don't know I, I, I just I, I wanted to see something I was scared I wanted to see something and I saw it, but that wasn't the case because the entire time I'm thinking that I'm being trailed by like a, a wild dog, like a, like a rabbit dog or like a raccoon or whatever, I wasn't expecting a fucking werewolf. That wasn't on my radar. And the way this thing was shaped, it wasn't, it wasn't human necessarily. It was humanoid, I suppose. It was on. It was standing on two legs, had arms, had, I'm guessing, opposable thumbs. By the way, it it grabbed the branch, and then I, I didn't talk about it. Right? I was I was scared, and then on my way home, on my way home after experiencing whatever that was up above my head in the stars above the clouds i see this the most brilliant blue and when i say blue it's more of like a like a like a like a baby blue like like a blue flame burning and i see this blue ball of light shoot across the sky super quickly it's the most brilliant thing that i've i've ever seen out of the corner of my eye it was just it was so big and so elegant it was it was it was magical i felt like i, I felt like i was being granted a wish and i didn't talk about it i didn't talk about it for a long time because again, I had no idea what what that was. I had no idea how to how to get. I don't. I didn't know how to get past my own irrationalizations, let alone to try to make sense of it to another person. 
So I was watching TikTok one day and because I've grown up so into, um, you know, I, I was one of the founders of the, of the paranormal club at my, at my, at my elementary school. You know, I, I, we did cryptozoology and we did all those things. I was so enamored with it that I forgot to, to look into my own backyard. I was so enamored with worldwide phenomenons and uh, state, or not statewide, but countrywide phenomenons that I forgot to look into my own backyard and see what we had past like Bigfoot. And I'm scrolling on TikTok, and because my algorithm is set up very paranormal-like sometimes, I I came across this video that was talking about um, cryptids from each 50 states, you know? And I was like, I wonder if they did Michigan. That's where I live. So I'm kind of scrolling through, and thankfully Michigan is very recognizable. It's the most recognizable state, in my opinion, that isn't like Texas. Um, so I found Michigan, and they and they talked about the dog man. That was our most uh, popular cryptid. And it caught me off guard because I was like, whatever I saw in the golf course next to my house, it wasn't a person but I don't know what it was. So when I saw a Michigan dog man, I just sort of started joking that that's what I saw. Was it the Michigan dog man? Again, like I just said, I don't know. But it could have been. I saw something, dude. And dudettes and, and dude, whatever you want to be. And I saw something. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I went on a camping trip one time with my ex-girlfriend, Jessica. It was in the middle of the West Virginia woods. Deep. Deep in the woods. Through a small town called Chint. I remember waking up in the morning, packing our bags, throwing the tent on top of the car, and taking off our naive heads, looking forward to a weekend of fun. But what lied ahead could only be described as a weekend of terror. Driving down Interstate 77, heading for the gent flat top exit. We're stopped dead in our tracks by a deer with only one eye. It nods at us and then walks by. Not thinking anything of it beyond the fact that it was odd and wondering what happened to the poor deer's eye. We head on down the exit 
and we stop at the gas station to make sure that we have a full tank of gas and a couple snacks. You know, deer jerky, some combos, plenty of Red Bull. Walking out of the gas station, there's an old man sitting on a bench with a camouflage hat, a white dress shirt that had been stained with oil and muck, pants pulled up to his chest and suspenders. He warned us, noticing the tent on top of our car. Don't be going in them woods. Ain't nothing coming from them woods that's to concern you. He stood up. And he said it louder. Ain't nothing in them woods that's to concern you. We're taken aback by it. And I put my arm in front of Jessica and push her behind me and puff out my chest. Ain't nothing in them woods that's to concern you. Stand toe-to-toe with the old man and he backs down as I was quite larger than him. He looks at me dead in the eyes and says, You're going to regret not heeding me. Jessica and I get in our car and we drive down a curvy, windy, paved road until we find an extension off of the road onto a dirt and gravel road. We drive down after taking the turn, drive about four or five miles into the wilderness, the wild, untamed West Virginia mountains. That man had not touched other than to run a dirt road through. We come to a clearing near the creek. We park our car and start to unpack. Dusk is settling in on us as we finish setting up the tent. We head out to go find sticks and discarded lumber to build a fire. We get the fire lit and we roast s'mores. We drink beer. We have a grand time listening to the radio, just enjoying each other's company. Life is good. was that from out of the woods a deep growl it's coming closer is it a black bear a mountain lion a wolf 
Looking out into the blackness of the night, the only thing illuminated is the tree line by our fire, but beyond that, it's pitch dark. Jessica and I get in the car, scared half to death. I try to start it, but it won't start. Jessica had left the daytime running lights on, and the battery was dead. We were stranded with some kind of wild, ferocious, hungry animal just waiting for its chance to leap on us and make us its prey. I tell Jessica to wait in the car. I step out, but not before grabbing my 9mm Taurus G2C pistol. I pull the slide back to cock the gun. I fire two shots into the woods. When the echo of the gunshots ring out and settle down, I turn heel and I scream at Jessica to run. We bolt, running through the forest, tripping over limbs, trees, getting caught in thorn bushes. Jessica tripped. She sliced her leg open pretty bad. I pick her up, carry her on my back, and I'm trying to run as fast as I can. We make it to a river with a clearing beside of it. There's a slight embankment. I'm thinking for a brief moment we're safe. I lay Jessica on the ground. I lean over, hands on my knees, heavily breathing to catch my breath. This moment of respite was cut all too short. I stand upright, startled, grab Jessica's hand, and we back away from the tree line slowly, nearly falling and dripping down the embankment. And then... I see it, stepping out of the woods, a man, his hair slicked back, eyes red as burning embers. I'll never forget what he said to me as his lips curled the deep, growling voice from this checkered, suited man 
I've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. This all could have been avoided if you guys got Mike and Ike's at the gas station instead of some beef jerky. Yeah, man, but jerky's good. But Mike and Ike's are better. Okay, let's do that whole thing over again, but I get to play the car insurance guy. No. (laughs) (laughs) Where the hell did you pull that from? I'm a storyteller, bro. I'm a writer. (laughs) That's funny. I love the part where I genuinely thought that I was going to show up. But then I didn't, uh, which was Bigfoot. I really thought Bigfoot was going to show up. And I really wanted Bigfoot to be out there. Bigfoot um, was uh, Bigfoot was too busy trimming his no hair, nose hairs and not changing changing his undies to uh, show up in my story. So that's because <laughs> I was apologizing to the clerk at the gas station uh, for buying out his entire uh, shelf worth of Mike Nikes. There's so many different flavors. There's like fruity blasts. Uh, there's um, sour, original, so many fantastic flavors, and we chose Jack Links. Really, Jack Links, or maybe maybe you want to go even faker than that and get yourself one of those fucking meat Twizzlers, Slim Jims. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, fantastic. What are we gonna do about that? Bigfoot is the mascot of Jack Links. I know he is, and that that's all right, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you just proved me wrong. <laughs> I actually have a a mug that is Jack Links, because I love beef jerky. Uh too expensive though, so don't indulge in it too much. Uh but one of uh my Jack Links came with a uh a Bigfoot mug, and I absolutely adore it. It's full of uh of spare change. But uh, yeah, those commercials are fantastic. My story, however, JT, the talking bullshitter, uh, is a real story that genuinely happened to me. And and what do you think about that? What do you think about what my 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 encounter with the Michigan dog man? Well, first and foremost, my story is the story of many. Because them fucking robo collars are the devil. Okay. We've this all had that experience. We've all had that experience. Okay. Yeah, secondly, I'm sorry about that, man. secondly, yeah, it was horrific. Uh, secondly, yeah, dude, that's fucking creepy as shit. <laughs> right. It's, it's so bizarre and I don't exactly know how to feel about it because it made for oh months. I, I wasn't going on late walks like that. I'll tell you um, what, I would rather fucking deal with the Michigan dog man though, than what we got to deal with up here in West Virginia and walkers. Exactly. Fucking skinwalkers. Dude. I'm scared. I'm, I'm afraid to say that because you're not supposed to say the name of them. a whistle too. When you're outside in the dark, Dude, like I live out, I live literally on top of a mountain in the middle of fucking nowhere, and I have not seen any. But I mean, I have heard girls, little girls screaming at the top of their lungs from the woods. I have, 
like fucking growl like like the like what i just said like the like i've heard that come from my woods but the thing is like there is a football field between my house and my tree line to my woods like we got a big backyard so i've heard that low growl coming all like a hundred yards away or is it behind you (gasps) dun 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 the call is coming from inside the house um but no 100 percent. like i eat but but here's the thing isn't the dog man just the original skinwalker a werewolf isn't aren't they just the skinwalker um not necessarily but no I, not necessarily well it depends on on which which folklore you you buy into and what theories you have and whatever but uh yeah i don't i don't know what I, I can say that a hundred times. I don't know what I saw. All I can do is 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 describe it the best of my ability. It was dark. I was standing over top of, or I was standing with a, with a giant street lamp over top of my head. The lighting wasn't the best, but that's that's what that's what I perceived to be happening. And it was uh, it was something that was really strange. And then directly after that, this brilliant blue light overhead which is almost like nothing when it compares to the original story i mean i was just walking home just like questioning what i saw and that blue light just shot across overhead and it was just i mean it was it was art it it was so brilliant looking um, and I only got to really see it out of the corner of my eye. The the moment my eyes flicked up, I just saw the tail end of it. Um, but yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, it it is. It's one of those stories that that I, I didn't talk about for a while, and now I do. And it's I I try to tell it. I try to tell it without <laughs> fantasizing and without like exacerbating details but that, that's what it was and, and like i was saying i didn't go out walking for a long time it took a while for me to feel comfortable walking at night and even still to this day if i go out for a, a, a late night walk i don't feel the same about that golf course i always kind of felt comforted by that golf course because i knew there was nothing in there like like the only creatures that really fuck around with the golf course at least here in michigan are like ducks that's it ducks and the and the occasional like goose never a swan swans are too good for our golf course um no flamingos to meet to milk not a single milking flamingo uh how am i ever gonna survive that that the goddamn swine flu without my flamingo <laughs> anti-venom um but yeah it, it, it's strange as a lifelong you know believer of cryptids i mean my mom instilled in me very early on that things do go bump in the night just as we witnessed huh i said of course oh yeah, yeah yeah and because i was witnessing things and she was very open and as honest as possible at the things that she was witnessing to me. And, and it, it's the whole, um, 
Like, why do children, why do children see ghosts and we can't? Why do dogs bark into a random corner or, you know, out, you know, into a, a, an empty hallway? Because they see something that they perceive something that we don't. And I subscribe to the theory of, um, it, it, all, it all comes back down to when we're told as kids that Santa Claus is no longer real. And you're like, what do you mean? And they're like, it was never real. You know, we put out the presents for you and Santa Claus doesn't exist. And in that moment, the, the, the childlike wonder is, is squashed. I feel for the very first time. And from then onward, we're told that isn't real. The boogeyman is not real. There's nothing in your closet. There's nothing under your bed, you know, lay down, close your eyes and go to bed. And, but for those, for those few formidable years where you're doing nothing, but soaking things up like a sponge, you're not told, no, you're not told you're not, that's not real. Ghosts aren't real. Santa Claus is not real. Easter Bunny is not real. You, you're not, you're, you're just, your singular job is to just see things, to observe, to soak in this entire new world where every day something brand new is introduced. So why wouldn't a child not be able to see a ghost? Why wouldn't a dog not be able to see a, to see a ghost? When they were, would. When were you told that Santa wasn't real? I was told by my mom's ex-husband, my little brother's dad, that Santa was not real when I was about, oh, about 12, 11 or 12. I was a little bit older. My mom wanted about one or two more years out of me. It's not the fact that I wholeheartedly believed in Santa Claus. Maybe I was 10. Maybe I, maybe I was nine or 10. Maybe, maybe, maybe I was a little bit younger than that. Um, but again, it was one of those things that, that kids talked about it at school. There were some kids that didn't believe there were some, a lot of kids that didn't celebrate, you know, uh, uh, Christmas. I mean, the large majority of the, of the kids I went to school with or a large chunk of them, not maybe majority, but a large chunk of them didn't practice, uh, any of those type of holidays. Um, but I, I was still a, a, a big believer and my, 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 my mom's ex-husband was in a band and we were going to practice and I was accompanying him out there. And he said, you know, listen, like Santa Claus, uh, that's your mom. That's your mom that does all that stuff. And I, I just, I want to tell you now, because I feel like you're old enough to know, I want you to at least enjoy this last Christmas and act like, you know, you still believe in Santa Claus, but I think it's time that we end this. My, my, my stepdad made that decision for us. Um, and, uh, yeah, if I had to guess, I was probably, uh, 10 or 11. What about you? I think I was probably around the same age. Um, I went to my dad's house one weekend around Easter and he told me that the Easter bunny didn't exist completely shattered my world and he said it like he didn't like sit me down and like you know brace me for it 
Like it was very blunt. Yeah. And it shattered my world. And I went home. Like I, I kept a strong face then, but when I went home to my mom, like I had like a fucking meltdown, dude. I was like, and I looked at her, I was like, what about Santa? Tell me the truth. And she was like, you can't handle the truth. I was like, <laughs> you're out of order. She was like, this whole court's out of order. <laughs> and I was like, what's in the box? <laughs> no, but no, I did go home and have a fucking meltdown. And she did eventually come clean and be like, yeah, kid, Santa, Santa's not real. And I was fucking destroyed. I was not ready to let go of the magic of Christmas. Cause dude, I swear to God after that Christmas was no longer magical for me. Not even a little bit. Everything about Christmas was dull and depressing for me after that. Wow. That, yeah, I, I hate, I hate that. I, I I hate that for you. I mean, I I know that I had to find out at some time, but I think I was like nine or 10. And I was like, and then like the way that my dad told me, and I was like, like, I remember exactly, like, I don't remember what the conversation was, but he was sitting on the couch and I was sitting on the floor in front of the couch. And he tells me that I'm just like my, I mean, it fucking shattered my entire world. And then whenever I found out, you know, there's no Santa, there's no Easter bunny, you know, then it like completely fucking destroyed my, you know, all the fantasy in the world that a kid could come up with, you know, like, elves no there's no way elves are real fairies aren't real pixies aren't real you know like that's that's exactly what i'm saying and that's why i subscribe to that theory of the reason why kids and animals are so perceptive to the afterlife the paranormal is because they have yet to be told no things don't exist like these are fairy tales grow up um I do believe that we all have that ability within us, that perceptiveness to see beyond what we do, but we are so clouded in our minds that it's hard. It's, it's much harder for us to, to, to witness those sorts of phenomenon, but children aren't children aren't past that yet. Um, and it it sucks it sucks i've i've so many really great stories of kids in my life my my little brother especially who uh have witnessed paranormal activity that we were right there for but we couldn't see it but him it was it was very real um I can I can tell one real quick if you'd like, JT. Hit me with it. Sock it to me, sock it to me, sock it to me. So I'm very lucky that for my entire life I've basically lived in one neighborhood. There was one point in time when I was seven years old that I moved away for a little bit, but I was still here in my home every day with my grandparents because I had to go to school around here and you know they picked me up to school. They picked me up. And to, uh, from school, it took me to school in the morning, you know, that's the whole shebang. Um, but there was a point in time where me, my mom, her ex-husband, and my little brother lived right next door to my grandparents. We were very lucky that the neighbor that my mom knew her entire life 
uh, got remarried and, and moved to a, a house and, and the house next door was just sitting, you know, vacant. So we just asked like on a whim one day, like, Hey, would you mind if we moved in? And basically it was an entire house, JT, a house for $800 a month. And we basically just kept it up. If there, if there was maintenance that needed to be done, we just did it. Uh, we cleaned stuff up. We cleaned out the garage. We cleaned up the yard. I mean, the damn thing looked like it was from an episode of Hoarders. And we just lived there. It was fantastic. It was so nice to live right next door to my grandparents. In that house, there was a large bay window that uh, looked out to the, uh, to the main you know, street. And, um, my mom and my, and my, and her ex, and her ex, uh, and her ex-husband rather were smokers and they were smoking outside. And my little brother, who was probably about three, he was just learning to form sentences, was playing in the living room. And there was this big table that my grandpa had made to put up against, uh, the window so that Cannon, my little brother, could play and look outside and, and whatever. So he's playing with his toys, and, and because he's so young and they're outside, they have the windows open so they could, they could hear through the screens. And my little brother starts kind of blabbering about something or other. And he's saying it so much, and he's like pointing, and he's like, babbling that 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 he like they're they're wondering if if he's asking them questions so my mom you know puts out her cigarette and she like bends down and she's like asking canon like what is like what, what's what's wrong baby like what, what what's happening he's pointing towards my my grandparents house which is right next door and they're like, and they're like, what baby? Like, what's going on? And and then he starts talking about a man. And now both my mom and, and his dad are, are curious. And they're looking over and there's there's nobody in the driveway. There's nobody, you know, in the road. There's nobody. But what's the man doing? He's car it's like oh he is he, he is he in the car and he's like no and he, and he starts like kind of acting out uh like working on a car like he's just like working on a car and they're like oh my god and they're like where where is it is it is it at grandma and grandpa's and he shakes his head and he's like he's not pointing and they're like is it at grandma like great like great grandma because again, I'm very, very lucky. So not only did I live next to my grandparents, but I lived next door to my grandpa's mom, my great grandma. We all lived in a line together. Is it at great grandma's house? Yeah. He's just like, yeah. It's like, okay, what's the man doing to the car? And he, and he, again, he's, he's still acting out the process of what's happening. It's like, what, what does he look like? Mm, Papa. Not Papa, but it kind of looks like Papa is what they're what they're discerning from what he's saying, and they're like, oh, it's very, it's like it's very odd that, and he is like, my little brother is constantly just like looking over there, just watching whatever it is unfold, unfold, 
and he's like giving very small details and they're asking like well what what color is is the car is the truck mm. yeah, red what what's 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 the man wearing mm. he, he wearing he wearing like he wearing like long he's like well long sleeve yeah he wearing like long Again, my little brother is is barely putting together sentences, but he's describing something that he's that he is is really seeing right now. Eventually, my my mom, my mom knows what he's saying, but she needs confirmation because she's freaked out. So she goes and grabs a family album. And she puts it on the floor and she, you know, tells Cannon, hey, hey, baby, come here. Can you come look at these pictures for, for me? And she just kind of pulls out a handful of pictures from the album and lays them on the floor and says, you know, hey, baby, it, is the man in the driveway any of these men? Can, can, you, can you tell me who, who the man is? And, and my little brother looks out the window, looks down at the pictures. And then points. My mom is just like nearly in tears. Because he points at her grandfather, the man that used to live in that house, the man who every weekend when my grandpa would come home from school, he would tune up his red truck. she described or my little brother described her grandfather to a t me and my brother are 10 years apart my grandpa roger passed away nearly 20 years before i was born that's fucking crazy so that's just one of many of the of the stories that my family has one of the against and it's something that I'm just a big, I'm a big believer in allowing uh, the magic to continue because magic, magic is real. It may not be when guardian Leviosa, but there are things out there that we all should be able to witness that unfortunately we all don't get the pleasure too. But that day, my little brother got to watch his great grandfather work on his grandfather's car 30 years later. 40 years later. 50 years later. Isn't that. Uh, That's fucking absolute... nuts, dude. But it's like a gem of a story. Like. Does your little it brother is. nowadays, does he remember that? No. He doesn't really remember too much of it. I think it, it's become such a story that he almost feels like he can. But it's just one of those things that once you you know, hear a story enough from your childhood, you're like, oh, I remember that. I doubt he does. Right. My little brother is quite the sponge, though. Because we never told him Santa Claus doesn't exist. He just one day was like, oh, I don't believe in Santa Claus anymore. Like he made that decision for himself at quite a young age. 
but like my, my little brother has has always had extraordinarily like supernatural retention for details and events and stories that event in particular i doubt he remembers too often but here is the sequel to that story about three weeks ago my little brother my mom my uncle and his two kids go up to my family's cabin And there's a loft that my great-grandfather built back in the 60s. And there's two king-size beds up there. A nice closet that leads into a catwalk that leads into, like, a bird nest coop thing above the living room. All the kids love sleeping up there because it's a lot of fun. My little brother and his friend who he brought up north with him, were sleeping up there. My little brother was having a hard time sleeping. And he didn't know why, but he just, he couldn't fall asleep. He, he kind of, he felt homesick. And he did feel a bit spooked. It's a cabin in the woods, more or less. Like, so, he, there's these blinds that you can pull across the, uh, the like the staircase and like the balcony area because it does lead right down into the living room and sometimes you'd like your own privacy well the blinds are closed but they're open so they're they're not like flat they're like sideways so you can kind of see through them and my little brother is is kind of like sitting there and he, and he I'm, I'm guessing he might sit up or he might be sitting up in bed i don't really know his positioning but he sees a man walk into the living room and just start doing stuff. But he was sort of transparent. And looked exactly like our great grandfather who built the place uh, a long time ago. And he was absolutely terrified of what he saw, not because it was scary, but because he, he wasn't expecting it. He was just sitting there, kind of restless, homesick, wanted to be in his own bed. And then he sees an, an older gentleman walk into the living room, and he knows that there should be no older gentleman there. But because he is older now and he has seen family albums and pictures, he fully recognized the man in the living room who had been dead for 40 years. Um, sorry, my voice is getting a little bit shot. But uh, yeah, that, that entire week, they all experienced a lot of stuff. Um, a couple of doors slammed while they're up there. Bathroom door, a bedroom door slammed. And then also... In the middle of the night, or not the middle of the night, but like at the start, around 11.30, my, uh, my, one of my younger cousins was still in the living room playing a game on his phone, and everyone else was in bed. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he started hearing this alarm, like a police siren alarm, like, wee -oo, wee -oo, wee -oo, like that kind of alarm. 
and he got freaked out because it was in the house and it was it was ear piercingly loud and he ran in and, and woke up his dad and his dad came out and his dad could hear it too jt they never ever found the source of the alarm and nobody else in the house heard it except for those two jesus christ man that's that was just crazy. three weeks ago that was just three weeks ago stuff has happened since and stuff will happen after that yeah. <laughs> so that that's that that's that that that, that that's yeah I don't know, man. It's it's something that I I believe in it, but I am scared of it. I'm intimidated by it. I very much so am. Um, I've had plenty of my own encounters, plenty of my own stories, um, but I um, I am scared of it. I don't want to see something that I. I suppose it kind of contradicts what I was just saying, but that I shouldn't be able to see. You know what I mean? Right. And, but sometimes that happens, man. I can tell one little quick one, a one little quick experience that I had. In the same house I live in now, I used to have a, 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 a Macintosh desktop computer that sat in a desk out in the laundry room. It was like that we, uh, my old childhood bedroom was turned into the office and then my grandpa built this like enormous desk that just never quite fit the room so it was moved downstairs into the basement and i uh i i was sitting there and i, I would sit there all night long you know i was uh, very much so a night owl even early on in my teenage years just watching youtube and whatever and uh i didn't want the basement be pitch black so i asked for a lamp to just sit on the countertop next to the washer and dryer so it's sort of the light is sort of positioned back behind my left shoulder and often i would see the light obstructed a shadow but i didn't really think much of it because sometimes it would be my cat jumping up on the counter or a bug like a moth or a fly would be in the house and it would like fly into the lamp and you'd see like a shadow cast on the wall and it would just be a bug there's plenty of ways to describe away these things what there isn't a way to de to kind of like debunk is when i saw a hand cast it on my wall that i can't really i can't really explain away jt but I'm sitting there watching my iPad and I just see a hand, a dark hand, cast it onto my wall. Jesus. Yeah. And then when I look over, it's gone, you know? Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Like that. There is definitely, I mean, I've got a lot of my own paranormal stories to tell as well. Um, some that I, I don't really want to talk about, but those will be for another day because this is the dreaded end of the episode. Dun, dun, dun.
car insurance. Car's extended warranty. Yeah. <laughs> My oh, voice is yeah. completely hot. So, I want to pose a question to the audience. Yeah. Dear audience, what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you? Whether it be a cryptid, an alien, a ghost, whatever. Or human carnage. What's the scariest thing you've ever witnessed or been through? And if you guys want to keep hearing us talk about aliens, cryptids, stuff like that, ghosts to goos on... You know, the spooky shit, the spooky shit here on Masters of Matinee. I know it's not exactly movie related, but I feel like you guys need a palate cleanser from all the movie content sometimes. Uh, so, you know, Zed and I, we we talk about a little bit of everything. So let us know if you guys want to hear more of the spooky shit. I like Zed stories. They're like uh, gathering on a campfire and uh, trimming your nose hair and changing your undies. He slimed me. Say goodnight, Zed. Goodnight, Zed. All right, all right. Let me try this again. Uh, hey, thanks for wasting your time by listening to Masters of Crap and A. <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed this episode, and I don't know why you would, go follow all the crapsters on their uh, MySpace accounts. Uh, follow them or I'll follow you through the woods with a meat cleaver. Uh, head boy. You want to say anything? Thank you. Thank thank you for bringing my friend back. Even if he's a zombie. Jesus H. Mother Mary Christ. If he got that worked up by Zed being killed, imagine how he's going to react when he finds out I turned that stoner guy Drew into a gremlin. See you next week, you dill holes. Mike, chickity, check, 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 check. What's up? Hello? Huh? Oh, there's nothing in the truck. There's nothing in the truck. Don't look in the truck. That was interesting.